a seat. It's great to be with you guys today. How many of you are excited to be starting our seven days of prayer and fasting this week? Come on, I don't think that was enough. How many of you are excited for God to do some breakthrough in your life this week? Right? When we cut things intentionally out in our lives, specifically, I think Pastor Ryan has been requesting that we cut out some food, a meal or, or, or two, or, or maybe a cup of coffee. My wife is, is cupping, uh, is uh, cupping. <laughs> my, my wife is hopefully not cupping a cup of coffee today. She is cutting coffee this week uh, because she just said that her, this is her crutch. And she said, you know what? It's one of those things I just need to give up. So we're believing for for some, some kind of a breakthrough to go on in each and every single one of your lives. Come on, how many of you are excited for revival to start in Love City Church, right? God's gonna do some amazing things. All right, thank you very much, Courtney. Come on, Andrew gave a great word last week on our, that, that was horrible. Andrew gave, gave a great word last week on our hope being in Christ. How many of you remember that? I just want to touch on that really briefly. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Whenever I put this pulpit up here next to Pastor Ryan, it's always like a perfect height, but because I'm so short, it feels like a bistro table at a pub or something like that. It's just really high. Like, somebody give me a high chair. Okay. Um, so I just want to touch on that briefly before we delve into today's sermon, because um, we need to be reminded first and foremost that our hope is in Jesus Christ first, right? Ultimately, our hope is in Jesus first, and we need to be reminded that because of Jesus dying on the cross, we now have access to the presence of God on a daily basis. And because he was resurrected from the dead, now we have the hope of eternal life. How many of you are excited to spend an eternity with Jesus? No more of this nonsense that's going out here, right? If we choose to surrender and submit to Jesus' authority in our lives, it is a guarantee that we get to spend an eternity with Jesus in heaven. Ezra, I'm going to need your help with these slides, buddy. Why don't you go to the first slide there. In Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The Apostle Paul, whom, the Bible, whom a lot of Bible scholars commonly agree on, who is the author of the book of Hebrews, he writes... In this verse, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, which means our biblical, Jesus-centered faith brings a Jesus-centered hope. Do you agree with that today? That means any dreams that we can come up with on our own, we, we sometimes do that. They're completely pointless. They're pipe dreams. They're... They're unattainable on our own strength. I mean, yes, we can have success, but it's very temporary. It's fleeting. It's not everlasting, right? Money can't buy me happiness. Um, I don't know. If, that's a throwback to the 90s for all you 90s kids there. Um, Paul writes about this idea again, this idea of a Jesus-centered hope in Ephesians 1, verses 1 to 18. I'll let you read the first 17 verses by yourself at home. But it basically talks about how Christ, what Christ has done for us and how we are a part of God's ultimate plan for salvation here on earth. And go ahead to the next. Oh, there you go. And, and then he writes in verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. You, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people. Did you know 
How many believers do we have? If you're a Christian in this room, you are Christ's glorious inheritance. What do you get for a guy who already has everything? You get the one thing that he doesn't have yet. And that means when, we, when this life is over, he gets us. He gets us in heaven. You're his glorious inheritance. I'm going to give you a little bit of an example. It's a bit of an oversimplification there. Um, but I want you to picture what it's like to be, if you've ever gone through this before, then I'm, I'm sorry that I'm bringing it up. But um, if you've ever gone through this before, or yeah, here's, here's an example. Um, imagine, if you will, that you're in a, in a meeting with some estate lawyers and they're telling you that somebody has gifted you several hundreds of millions of dollars. It's in a trust. It's waiting for you. You're going you're gonna to get to inherit this entire piece of property that they left behind. I mean, the, the net value, the net worth is in the billions. The money's there. The, the proof of the money's there. It's in the will. It's in the contract. There's evidence of it, but you can't access it for a few years, right? You just have to wait on it. What an amazing, bright future for you to look forward to. In a few years, you're going to get to have all that money. That's, that's amazing. Now imagine being told on that, and then you have to go home to a home that you have a mortgage that you can't really afford. Um, to, uh, to, to a budget that's probably already strained because you have a mortgage that you can't afford. And because your budget is strained, probably your marriage is on the rocks because the top two things that put a strain on marriage are sex and finances, right? And because of that, your mental health is probably on the rocks. Depression may be setting in. It means you probably have turned to other substances to fill that gap in your life, to alleviate those, those things. And I may be snowballing a little bit here. Maybe it's not as bad as that. Or maybe it is as bad as that, right? You're probably thinking, man, I could have used some of that money in that trust right about now. That would have probably alleviated a lot of things. That's how, that's how a lot of us are probably feeling right now. You know what, God, I love this guaranteed hope that you have for me for an eternity with Jesus. But I need your help now. I'm not sure if I can see past this year or this month or even today I'm not sure if any of, really any of us could see past 2020 because it felt like forever. I mean, it lasted for two years. Frustration has been setting in for a lot of people since then. The amount of bankruptcies have skyrocketed. Relationships are in complete disarray. None of your socks match. Some of you still can't find your wallet, right? That's, that's, that's an inside joke for me and my wife, Lana. I hope you're watching this, but I still can't find my wallet. That's, that's the thing I struggle with on a daily basis. I have to ask her, where's my wallet? Where are my keys? And she remembers where they are. Did you know that there's been a dramatic increase in the number of altercations between guests at Disney World and Disneyland? Who has an altercation with other guests at the most magical place on earth? But that's what happens when you put your hopes and dreams in something that are not eternal. Ooh. When you realize you get to Disneyland and you're just setting yourself up for hour-long lineups and expensive things. And, and yeah, the, 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 the happiness you see in your child's eyes are, are, are amazing, but completely temporary and fleeting. It's, I hate to say that, but it is. I love, and this coming from a guy who loves Disneyland. Oh my gosh. We need that hope for today. In John 16, let's go to the next slide there. In John 16, um, we're going to see here that Jesus, uh, Jesus has just been resurrected from the dead. 
He's with his followers and he's about to go back into heaven. Okay, and he tells them, um, but now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you asks me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I've said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your own good that I am going away. Imagine having your hope taken away because the master you followed for three years died. And then having your hope given back to you because he's been raised from the dead. And then having your hope taken away again because he's going to go away. <laughs> but very truly, I tell you, it is for your own good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate in the King James Version, it says the comforter will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus doesn't just leave his disciples and subsequently all of us believers. He doesn't just leave his disciples to their own devices. He sends the Holy Spirit to continue to empower them to do the things that he has called them and us to do. He has sent the Holy Spirit to be our hope for today. How many of you agree with that? Come on. That word comforter in Greek is parakletos. It means someone who has been called to one's aid. It means somebody who is, who is, our, who is our, our, our advocate in front of God uh, to, as our legal assistant, one who advocates and intercedes with God on our behalf for the pardon of our sins. He's our aider. He's our helper. He's our assistant. He's the one who's going to bring hope today where there was no hope today. So that brings us to our topic. That was really long-winded to get to our topic. Our topic for today is hope for today. So let's go to our key text, which is in Romans 15, 13 there, Ezra. In the NLT, it says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Our God is a God of hope, amen? amen. Our God is a God of hope, amen? amen? Hope comes directly from God. Why don't you turn to the person on the right to you? And just say, hope comes directly from God. Right? The closer you are to God, the closer you are to the source of hope. That means the closer you are to the source of hope, the closer you are to hope itself. In John 10, Jesus talks about how he's the good shepherd. In John 10.10, 10, it says the thief, Jesus says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants your hope. The enemy wants your hope. He doesn't want you to last another day. He doesn't want you to continue trusting in God. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. In the NLT, it says, I have come that they may have life, a rich and satisfying life. In the King James Version, it says, I have come that they may have life and have life abundantly. That Greek word for abundantly is perisos. It means exceeding some number or measure or rank or need above and beyond more than is necessary, super added. Now, I'm not talking about prosperity gospel today, guys, okay? I'm talking about God going above and beyond what we think we need. You guys remember last week when, when Andrew was talking about how sometimes we like to tell how we like to tell God what we need? Well, he's telling us he knows exactly what we need, and he will go far above and beyond. It's the same word that's used in Ephesians 3.20. Next slide. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly above, there it is, parasos, exceedingly above all that we can ask or think according to the work within us. I want you to catch this here today. It says, now to him who is able, 
there's your hope. To do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. According to his power, there's your faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. God is at work in us. Right? We read a few minutes ago about how Jesus talks about how he's the good shepherd in John 10. David talks about how the Lord is his shepherd in Psalms 23. In the message translation, it puts it, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't need a thing. He makes me to lie ground in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they come from me. Rod and staff is guidance and discipline. Your guidance and your discipline comfort me. You prepare a feast, a table for me in the presence of all my enemies. While they're watching, you provide for me. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. How many of you guys agree with that today? That entire chapter speaks hope into your life today hope for today let's go back to Romans 15 13 there Ezra when Paul wrote the book of Romans it was a time when Jews were being exiled from Rome by Emperor Claudius for some ruckus that they were causing they had been away for several years and and now they're on their way back to Rome in their absence the church in Rome had functioned without Jewish influence for five years which is why Paul writes in the book of Romans about how there's a lot of differences between Jews and Gentiles. and There's a lot of tension. Not to mention, there's tension because of persecution that's already happening for the believer in Rome. Paul, Paul already knows that they're in a time of trouble, and yet he writes to them and he says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy. Hope. Hope that's everlasting. Hope that gives you peace. Hope that leads to joy. Yes. Hope that keeps your faith. Even when the situation seems otherwise. This hope that comes from God is from God alone and is something that you can have every day. In Lamentations 3, 22 to 23, it says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says the Lord. Therefore, I will hope in him. That's our hope for today. In Isaiah 40, verse 31, it says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. How many of you need that hope for today? The book of Isaiah was written at a time when the nation of Judah was under threat of destruction from Assyria and Egypt because they had sinned and rebelled against God. But Isaiah proclaims a message of repentance and then he prophesies, guys, there's hope for the future. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. There's three things I'd like you to notice here. 
they will soar on wings like eagles. There's going to be some days where you feel like you can fly above your problems. You've got, some, you've got a bird's eye view. Nothing phases you. There's going to be days where you will run and not grow weary. You're going to have to put a little bit more extra effort into your marriage. You're going to have to put a little bit more extra effort into your family time, into your Bible reading. And then there are going to be days where you have just enough energy to walk but you will not faint. For those who hope in the Lord, that is your hope for today. How many of you need hope for today? There's a couple of videos that we just passed over. I really want to share them with you because they're really hilarious. And it's, it's about Christian road rage. Can we go to the first video there, Ezra? When you have road rage, but you say, Come on, daughter, move quickly. Move quickly now, move quickly. Hallelujah. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now I'm hoping that you would go. Shut up, a host here. Go! Church mothers in their wheelchairs can go faster than that. Go! Now why would you stop here? Press on and see what the end is going to be. Go! I used, I used a couple of those on a... Oh, you can pause it. I used a couple of those on, a, on the way back from Lake Louise, and I specifically used that one because I was like, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now I'm hoping that you would go. Boop. There's another one. There's actually another one there, Ezra. Come on, play that one. You have road rage, but you saved. I'm free in Christ, but I'm bound in traffic by you. Go! Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego! They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, but I'm tired of waiting on you. Go! Come here, Karen Clark Sheard. If God says go, then you go, 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 go! God is good, amen? Come on, I love that. Being stuck in traffic and you're being challenged. I had to, there were some moments on that ride home from Louise where I had to repent for some things that I said. But I'm going to start implementing a lot of those things. That's my hope for the drive, right? Come on, it says in Romans 5, verse 3 to 5. That's another slide there, Ezra. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. You will not be disappointed. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit and he's filled our hearts with love. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. The book of Jeremiah was written, a time, written in a time when the, when the nation of Israel was already in exile in Babylon because they sinned and rebelled against God. They were in the middle of their punishment, and yet God allows Jeremiah to prophesy, I have plans for you. There are days when you're going to feel like a rescue is coming. And there are some days where God just uses the situation you're in to remind you that there is hope for the future. How many of you believe that today? When Jesus, yeah, when Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, he teaches them to say, give us this day our daily bread. A line that shows us how to confidently hope in a God who is faithful to provide for all our needs. Psalm 42 verse 5 says, Why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? 
Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my God and my Savior. You're probably asking yourself, well, I want some of that hope today. How do I get it? Well, I want some of that hope today. I want some of that hope today. How do I? Thank you for that question, Andrew. That was, you know what? I'm glad you asked that question. I'm going to answer that for you today. Um, as I was preparing this message, I felt the Holy Spirit say, we need, I, I just, he wants to, to reiterate two practical steps that we really teach a lot of here at Love City Church. We, we constantly put these two messages out. And the, the two messages are the same thing. Or not the same thing. The two messages are always the same. Get into a good relationship with Jesus. You need to get back into the presence of God. And number two, you need to get back into community with other believers. How do you foster a hope for today that leads you for a hope for tomorrow? You do those two things, right? In Romans 14, it's not on the slides there, is it? In Romans 14, Paul outlines that there's differences that exist between believers in the body of Christ. The church is going to be diverse. There's going to be those who are further along in their spiritual journey and those who are new, those who are weak in their faith and those who may be stronger. So he's encouraging the stronger Christians to come alongside the newer, newer ones to help them build their faith. And then he goes into, into Romans 15, the next chapter over. And in verse two, he says, we should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. For even Christ didn't live to please himself, as the, scripture, as the scriptures say. The insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. As we hope for God's promises to be fulfilled. So what are we learning? That these things written in scripture long ago were to teach us how to wait patiently on God so we can continue our hope. What are we supposed to do with that? Encourage one another. Encourage one another. This is why we encourage people to join groups. Why we encourage people to join teams. We don't ask people to join those things because we want to boost our numbers and make ourselves look good and we're going to post your story on Instagram. We do it so that we can disciple each other. So that there's rubbing, there's rubbing of some, some elbows. We're, we're, we're encouraging each other. Yeah, there's going to be some characters in groups, and especially on teams sometimes, especially if you join the worship team. Just kidding. There's going to be some characters that you're going to run into that just differ with you politically. They might have a different view on you on, on, on the climate situation in the world. And that's okay. The one thing that they're going to do is they're going to agree with you that Jesus is coming soon. And we're going to encourage each other to continue on in our faith. That's where our daily hope comes from. So that's number two. Number one. Oh, before we go there. Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we may profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds and not giving up on meeting together as some in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. How do we encourage and foster a hope for today? Get back into community with other believers who are going to encourage you to keep going. Number two, we need to get back into the presence of God. We need to get back into the actual presence of God. In that verse, in our key text, in Romans 15, it says, God is the source of hope. So where do we get the hope from? 
from being in a relationship with God. Andrew read the scripture last week in Hebrews 10, 19 to 23, just before we read Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have a confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that, bring, that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Where does hope from today come from? It comes from God. You can't have hope from God unless you know God intimately. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end on this story. Um, hopefully I can keep it together. My mom uh, passed away in 2007 uh, from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yeah, it's been 20 plus years now, or almost 20 years now. Sorry, math is not my strong suit either, Pastor Ryan. <laughs> Off by three years there, four years there. there again, strong, math is not my strong suit, <laughs> Pastor Ryan. I'm tired of waiting on you. Go! Um, so my mom passed away in 2007 from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And for a, for a year before that, um, they had given her the most aggressive form of chemotherapy that they could give at that time that was available. And because of that, it pretty much just shredded her immune system. So she was stuck in the Tom Baker Cancer Center for months on end in isolation so that we wouldn't bring any, you know, unknown... Uh, pathogens into the room and, and, you know, get her sicker. So whenever we'd see her, we'd have to put on a, a gown and, and a mask and just make sure that we didn't bring anything in. I just remember one day I was walking in there. I was still at Sade at the time, and I, I remember asking, hey, Mom, what are you doing? What, how was, what was today like? And she said that she, she just sat looking at the window, looking outside, and she was, she'd been praying for the most of the day. And then she goes, you know, I felt like praying for the people walking on the sidewalk below. So as people would walk past, she would pray for them. I remember my mom used to tell me, uh, as a kid, so my mom was a very big prayer warrior. She was, she was a very strong, mature Christian. And I remember even as a kid, I'd be asleep and I'd wake up and my mom would be next to my bed weeping, praying for our future partners, which I thought was a weird thing. I'm like, what 13-year-old wants their mom to pray for their future partners? Thank you, Mom. Why am I looking into the camera? Thank you, Mom. Thank you, God, for sending Mom. Because I have a letter. Um, I remember when I walked into that room, I asked her, what are you doing? And she goes, she's praying for the people down below. And then out of nowhere, out of left field, she goes, you know, I had an interesting conversation with God today. I asked him if there was anything else. What's supposed to happen now? And she said, the Holy Spirit responded back with, do you trust me even though you don't see your way out of this? And that's, when I first heard that, I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's great that you trust God. She passed away. And just those words continue to haunt me. And there's still, a, there's still a, a heavy part of what shapes my faith today. 
because I'm reminded, do I still trust God? Even though there are, there are gonna be times where, and I hope you don't have to experience it, but if you do, do you trust him enough to know that he's in control? And I ask God, why would you take away, why would you take away my mom? She's like one of the strongest prayer warriors out there. In fact, I'm not, I'm, I'm not half as good as that. I don't pray as much as she does. She's the one that's gonna make the biggest impact for your kingdom. You know, leave her. Take, take one of us boneheads instead. And he goes, her hope was in me. I would ask that question often. And he would say, her hope was in me. She had nothing else to live for except me. Paul says it in, in the Bible. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. There are going to be some days where your hope for today is just simply trusting that God is in control of the situation, whether you can see the end of it or not. Amen? Amen? Can we just bow our heads? Come on, some of you in this room um, probably have a great relationship with God and and you know, and your hope is in him and you're trusting him and you're, and you're going, you know, 100 miles an hour and you're, you're at top speed. Keep going. Some of you in this room have had a good relationship with God and you've kind of backed away from it a little bit and your hope is, is dwindling. These next seven days of prayer and fasting, now is the opportunity to get back into a good relationship with God, to press into his presence. Some of you in this room have never even heard about Jesus. This is the first time you're hearing about it but you want this hope that we're talking about. Where did we find all these scriptures today? We found them in God's word. That's where our hope comes from. Some of you don't know who Jesus is and that's okay. We're gonna give you an opportunity right now. If you wanna know who Jesus is, if you wanna experience hope for today, would you raise your hand in this room? Or if you wanna get back into a committed relationship with Jesus, would you raise your hand in this room? And we'll pray with you. We'll help resource you. We'll help equip you so that you can continue your journey filled with hope, filled with peace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's stand together. And let's pray. Before we do, can I have the, the prayer team just come down and and we'll pray and they'll be ready to pray for you. So I, I, I encourage you at this time, if you need any prayer whatsoever, this, this is the place to do it. Now is the time. There's gonna be people that are here waiting to pray with you, to help resource you, to help get you going on your, on your journey forward. So again, let's, let's bow our heads and pray before we end. Father, we thank you for this time. Our hope is in you. We thank you for the hands that were raised, Lord God, that wanna be committed to a life with you. God, we thank you for, for those that have, that have been spurred on today by a hope that they, they want to see more of you happen in their lives, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for, that, for the push of the Holy Spirit. Your Holy Spirit is speaking to us and moving in our hearts and reminding us, Lord God, that we need to continually trust in you. So God, we pray that today wouldn't just be a day that's filled with hope and, and, a, and, a, and a make me feel good message, but today would be a day of real life change 
that people would would take this next step. This wouldn't just be just some some measly New New Year's resolution, but people would step forward and take an actionable step of faith. That people would step into community with other believers. That people would set aside time and discipline to read their word, to read your word, and to pray and to spend time with you. For those of you that don't know Jesus and you want to accept Jesus in your life right now, would you pray this prayer along with me? Heavenly Father, come on, let's pray it together with those that want to pray with us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that you sent your son to die for me. Because now I can meet with you. And because you resurrected him, I now have a hope of eternity with you in heaven. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God, for everything you're doing in this room. God, I speak blessing over this group of people. God, that they would walk away from here encouraged and ready to take these next steps, Lord God, to continue a a strong and mature journey with you, Father. And God, I pray that you would keep them um, strong as we continue to fast this week, God. We're praying in expectation for miracles, for breakthrough, for amazing things to happen in this church. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, church. How many of you are excited for what God is going to be doing in your marriages? How many of you are excited for what God is going to be doing in your families? All right. Come on. If you need any prayer, again, the prayer team is up here. Have a great week. Be blessed. Remember, Wednesday, everything starts up. Don't get hangry when you're fasting. Go read God's word. Have a great week, guys. We love you. Bless you.